Today's guest on the Bitcoin.com news podcast is Mark Zalan, the CEO of Bitcoin mining company Go Mining. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure having you with us. So would you start by telling us a, lot, a, a little bit about uh, yourself and how you uh, joined uh, Go Mining? Right. So uh, by way of background, I, I've, uh, I've been sort of at the intersection of uh, IT and, and, and technology and enterprise IT and finance for, for I guess, 25 years. I, I, my first job was in 1997 uh, in, in Silicon Valley, where I grew up. Uh, so my, my roots are sort of back in, in, uh, in, in that part of the world. And uh, since then, I've had a, a fairly um, wide-ranging career going from technology. I used to build uh, uh, secure e-commerce networks and sites for, for Fortune 500 companies and then going on to a fairly long career in IT with uh, GE, General Electric. Um, I was uh, head of IT for a retail bank uh, that uh, GE owned at one point. I was head of IT for a region uh, looking after uh, manufacturing automation. And then I left the corporate world and uh, started started my own uh, mobile app startup. And I did that for about three or four years. So a good mix of uh you know corporate experience going from one of the largest companies in the world to to my own little startup world and uh starting from uh uh you know one office and uh, myself and one other person and uh, uh a fairly good uh background in terms of technology and uh fintech and and application of technology for financial uh, uh financial purposes so uh when when it came to Bitcoin, I I, I, got, I I have to admit I was sort of a late late adopter. So the first time that I uh, I came across Bitcoin was in 2013, and uh, uh, at that point I, I sort of looked at it and said, you know, that, that it, it doesn't doesn't look like it's going to be around for for for, for long term. So that's probably a fad that's that's going to go away pretty soon. And then uh, another opportunity came up a couple of years later uh, and uh, in 2015. And again, I spent maybe a month um, looking seriously into uh, an investment opportunity that was tied to Bitcoin. And, uh, and at that point, I, I said, again, it doesn't look like it's a long-term thing that's going to be around. And then the third time was was uh, 2019, 2020, and by that time, you know, a couple of things happened. So, um, obviously, Bitcoin had been around for for ten years at that point, and uh, you know, as as a person that's that's been in IT for a couple of decades at that point, and and saw that various hype cycles come and go, and various technologies get hyped up and go, and and you learn that a you can never predict which one's going to stay and which one is not going to stay and b you know that professional sort of background leads you to recognizing that if the technology is stuck around for 10 years and and is actually in bitcoin's uh case gained so much value uh over that that 10 year then you know regardless of what you thought before you have to sort of stop and recognize those two facts and start thinking about it differently so that was kind of my 
evolution into into the bitcoin world i obviously you know i wish i was smarter in 2013 and uh and uh jumped in uh but uh you know everybody has their own their own path that they follow so uh, mine was sort of you know late 19 early 20 early 2020 um uh, i was working on a on a different project at that time so it wasn't until 21 that that i sort of mutual friends introduced introduced us with the team that uh, that was the founding team for go mining and uh uh you know the the go mining story started in 2017 with uh basically building a a a mining a bitcoin mining company um leveraging some of the uh the resources that the team had at that time and uh uh bitcoin's uh go mining so i should say evolution was was pretty interesting because they went from building a successful uh mining company to sort of stumbling into i don't want to say stumbling but it's not necessarily the right term, but it is reflective of the way that it happened. It is is that in in 2020, uh, basically, uh, the founding team was 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 sitting around and and thinking, well, Bitcoin mining is great, uh, but it's it's not really accessible to the majority of people that Bitcoin was meant for. So, sort of revolutionizing access uh, to to Bitcoin. So let's uh, you know can we figure out a way to do that? And once they started down that path, we sort of uh, met and, uh, uh, you know, my, my experience from in retail banking and retail finance and, and sort of building technology companies and, and scaling them was kind of a very good match for what the team was looking to do. And, and so in 2021, I, I jumped on board full time. <laughs> so we're glad to have you in our, in our industry. Thank um, you. Thank you. So the first question uh, I'd want to know is about uh, regulatory challenges, right? For mm-hmm. a Bitcoin mining company, um, you know, what, what do you face right now? And, uh, you know, how can you, how do you tackle it? That's a great question. And, and, and uh, again, let, let me take a step back and sort of, um, I, I usually think in terms of bigger picture, bigger context type of thing. So uh, for, and a lot of the questions I'm prob- probably going to take, uh, you know, 30 to 60 seconds to set the, the, the context, at least to sort of uh, pass along the way that I, that I think about it. So um, I think regulation is, <clears throat> I, I'd, uh, I mentioned that I spent, uh, that I spent uh, a fairly long time in in the, in commercial banking or consumer banking, I should say. So, I, in in two thousand eight, after the financial crisis, two thousand eight and two thousand nine, uh, I was actually uh, a member of the management board of uh, of a fairly large, fairly sizable uh, retail bank uh, with res- responsibility for IT and regulatory compliance that usually goes with it. And stock four hundred four was a big uh, Serbian software compliance was a big part at that point. But basically what happened to the banking industry after the 2008 crisis was that in 2009, every regulator that was taking a very light touch or, or virtually non-existent approach basically got woken up and said, okay, we're going to, for the previous 10 years that we had zero regulation, we're going to make up for it in, in a space of a year to a year and a half. 
So I think anybody that was that was in a, in a leadership role in in the banking industry, especially in consumer banking, in in around that time, was, was probably remembers that that time period very well. But you know, I, so I went through that, and that was sort of my 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 first major heavy duty professional experience in terms of very immediate regulation coming in and making itself very very. Uh, keenly felt i guess is the right way to put it in in the marketplace and because of the way that the the the, the business was structured from a legal perspective it was owned by ge and and then through a couple of other um intermediary companies not intermediary but um holding companies uh it was owned eventually in the market where we were operated uh, operating we uh we had four different regulators that were trying to uh regulate our you know, particular business at the same time. Uh, and some of them were in, in the U.S. because that's where GE ultimately is headquartered. Uh, some of them were in Europe because that was the, the holding company and then the local the local central bank. Uh, so imagine, you know, you, you come into work and there's four different people sitting in your office and they all have four different sets of regulations that they want you to do. Uh, often, not, not, not often, but sometimes they would conflict you know, head on. And sometimes, oftentimes what would happen is it would be a meaningful set of requirements, but each one would have a different focus area. Uh, so their views in terms of priorities were drastically different. And one would say, I want you to focus on this. The other would say, I want you to focus on that. The third one would say, I want you to focus on on, on the third thing. And in the middle of all of that, you still have to run the business. You still have to make sure that the business is, is running, serving customers, uh, remaining profitable, otherwise shareholders would would go to uh, to shut it down. So it was a challenging time, but I think it prepared me extremely well for this world of of Bitcoin and uh, crypto uh, regulation in general that that we find ourselves in. So my sort of baptism by fire happened happened at that time uh, in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Um, and, uh, so, so when I got, when I got to, uh, to go mining and, and we started with, with this thing, uh, with the uncertainty around regulatory environment for, for Bitcoin mining companies head on, it, it, it didn't, I, I don't want to say it felt comfortable, but, but it, it wasn't as, it wasn't scary. <laughs> and I had a good sense of, of, of the way to manage it. So the way that we look at it is, is basically, Look, first of all, the the mistake that a lot of people make, and and I made it myself, you know, back in back in those days when I first uh, encountered this very tight oversight, is is to try to uh, sort of, you know, you you go through the the six stages of grief, and when the first one is denial, and and most people go through that when with regards to the regulatory environment and they get stuck there for a while so the first stage is is to deny that a it's happening b uh that it will apply to you c that uh uh you know you have to you have to uh uh figure out a way to work with everybody that uh that 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 feels that uh they have a stake in in what you're doing and uh, uh, it, it, experience has, has taught has taught me that uh, the way to to do regulation right is to basically lean into it. So um, 
it's it's not going to go away regardless of how much somebody would somebody would wish for it to would wish for it to um you have to figure out the the stakeholders that are in your um area of operation so that you know in for for bitcoin that varies from uh consumer protection uh agencies all the way down to uh electricity providers and and their regulators that have a stake in terms of the electricity consumption and pricing and 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 so on you have to figure out who those are you have to map them out you have to figure out what their interests are in terms of what their agenda is what 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 they consider to be their core interests and how you uh how you sort of fit into their picture of the of the world and and thirdly you have to be proactive in terms of uh coming in and establishing relationships and 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 having conversations and listening to what their concerns are and to, and figuring out together how those concerns might be addressed so that um the the regulatory agenda is uh is is fulfilled and uh and 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 you understand what the agenda is firstly because a lot of the times Mm, the challenge is it's not understanding what people are trying to do. So to remove that uncertainty, th- th- there are certain things that you can sort of remove proactively in terms of uncertainty, and there are certain things that you can't. So one of them is is not knowing what people are trying to do, what's important for them, etc. And that's something that is definitely uh, up to uh, Bitcoin companies. Uh, to have those conversations to identify the things that are important to the uh, public authorities that are interested in the, in your area of operations and, and figure out how you can work together to address those. Um, that doesn't mean that, you know, you will always get the answer that you want, but as long as you know what the question is and as long as you know what they're looking for, you're in a much better position to find out, figure out a way to address it. Uh, as opposed to uh, sort of just waiting by the wayside for some sort of uh, regulation to to come down the pike and hit you, uh, as uh, usually as an unpleasant surprise. So um, that's, I guess, the 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 background and and the experience that uh, I think myself and some of my team have been able to bring to to go mining is to understand that the only way that you can work with with the regulatory environment and the regulatory uncertainty uh, going forward is to be very, very proactive about it, to go out to proactively proactively meet people, put a face to uh, this sort of unknown and and uh, uh, strange sounding world world of, of Bitcoin to you know, as somebody that doesn't necessarily haven't hasn't been paying attention to to crypto and to Bitcoin, for whom, you know, everything sounds a little bit uh, uh, unsettling. So come in and have those conversations and make the introductions and 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 explain what you do and why you do it and how you're doing it and and how you can help them reach their regulatory goal. So that was a bit of a long long winded answer, but but I, I'm trying to be thorough. No, it's a it's a great a- answer. I think uh, if to summarize it, we'll say that uh, projects need to proactively engage with uh, regulators to understand what their goals are. And I wonder, were, 
how do you see the goals of let's say the US SEC right now? What what do you think their end game is? Mm. <laughs> it's a, it's a very uh uh it's a, it's a very interesting interesting question and um I guess there's there's no straight answer per se that that I have. I uh, and and certainly I don't have uh I don't have some sort of uh uh insight into into their thinking um like uh you know everyone else we we're watching carefully and we're sort of discussing and trying to formulate hypotheses onto you know what what's going on and and um uh how how that applies to us i i i can tell you that we we understand first of all the the sec position seems to shift administration to administration. So what we saw in 2019 and 2020 prior to the current leadership of the SEC coming in with the new administration was was a different posture than than what we see today. Um and right now we don't have a clear sense of of uh of what the end goal is. The way we think about the SEC is is because because of the uncertainty and the unpredictability. We we basically want to stay away as much as possible from uh, from from our interactions there. So for this reason, we've we've been very diligent in uh, having strong controls in place against uh, U.S. persons basically participating in anything that we do. Um, we've stayed out of the uh, U.S. market. Um, not just on the on the on the token side, but also on the uh, on the hosting side, and uh, it, it is it is it is a challenge. And um, you know, we, in in a way, obviously, that's that's a part of the world where we would like to to have a bigger role. Uh, but uh, you know, unless not unless until that uh, that uncertainty. Is removed um, in a way that that we we feel comfortable uh, expanding our business there. Um, we think the wiser decision, the wiser choice, is to stay away. And uh, and I think you know dovetailing that a little bit with the previous question about you know how do you work with regulation? Sometimes that's that's the the right answer. Also, is if you have too much uncertainty and and too much. Um, Unclarity, then maybe the right the right thing is is to stay away, and and certainly that's that's the U.S. is not the only market and, uh, where we went that route. There's there's a number of of countries, for instance, that we looked at expanding into in terms of our mining operations, where um, we just felt that the uncertainty around the legal environment, around hosting equipment and building infrastructure and so on, was Uh, uh too much for us to comfortably sort of uh uh be able to commit capital into into that market and so we felt that you know the right decision would be would be to to uh, uh stay out until that that changed yeah that definitely seems like um you know the safe approach that most project um you know take with regards to the to the US and you know it's a 
the the main uh you know disadvantage it it greatly disadvantages uh you know US persons and you know hopefully um sooner rather than later they they'll understand that uh you know they got to help uh you know the, the the industry develop in their own country which is uh you know the US was always a leader in, in innovation so hopefully they'll 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 see uh you know, a, a way to, to, to find, to bring everybody back. Yeah, that, 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 uh, and it's, the, the challenge is not unique to, uh, to Bitcoin. And we, I think, I think it's important for us to recognize that it's, it's, it doesn't, I, I don't think it's a correct view to, to see the SEC as, as uh, sort of singling out uh, crypto and Bitcoin, because, there's always that dichotomy, the challenge of, you know, can you protect consumers, uh, but can you also balance that with with uh, with allowing uh, investment opportunities for uh, for people to take advantage of? And and there's there are debates going on within the U.S. about where that balance lies uh, in areas that are not related to crypto. So, for instance, you know, the, the accredited investors. In the U.S., are allowed to make investment decision, investment are allowed access into investment vehicles that uh, non-accredited investors are not allowed. And there is a conversation to be had about, you know, people saying, "Well, so you're basically making these uh, alternative investment options available for accredited investors. They make money investing into those." Uh, but you're leaving out the people that that have less capital, basically, out of those high yield investment options, and that's you know a valid view. Um, on the other hand, the SEC is saying yes, and we do that because accredited investors a have a higher usually have higher level of capital, so they can take a higher level of risk and risk tolerance. Um, and, uh, and, and we view people that are not accredited investors as, as needing a bit more of a, of a, a protective stance, which also, you know, you can, you can make, makes, makes sense. So there's no, you know, it's not like there's a right answer and a wrong answer. It's always a balancing act. And I think that balance tends to shift as, as, as we evolve and the markets evolve and so on. So. Uh, I think it's important to to recognize that it's not the SEC being overly uh, difficult uh, for the crypto industry. I think that the, the, their goal, their role, is 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 to find that right balance. And you know, sometimes uh, they 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 make that decision in a way that you know we, would would present challenges for us. But but I think um, you know. As the industry as the industry evolves and the markets evolve and and the SEC's views on on things evolve, um, that will change the sh- that will evolve <laughs> that will shift I should say, uh, and and we sort of see that with with uh, with the with the spot Bitcoin ETFs that that are you know the conversation seems to be getting there uh, it's it's slow going and and and. Uh, and slow progress, but you know, less than 15 years ago, nobody knew what Bitcoin was, and, and today you have BlackRock on Fidelity and State Street uh, filing for uh, for Bitcoin ETFs, and and uh, you know, 
eventually that that dam will will likely break whether it happens in in the next you know couple of weeks or in the next couple of months or in six months i don't think anybody is able to predict uh but i think at this point it, it seems certain that uh that it will happen and if you think about it you know from 15 years ago uh the uh the, the the Bitcoin white paper and and a hundred you know computer geeks basically uh, compiling code and 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 getting this thing started to less than fifteen years uh, uh, people like Fidelity and and BlackRock um, ready to put you know billions of dollars into this it it's it's remarkable it, I, I don't think anybody has just come even close to to the that that sort of growth. Indeed, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll see it uh, change sooner rather than later. For next question, I wanted um, to ask you more about the the challenges faced by uh, Bitcoin mining companies. But let's let's move on beyond the the regulatory challenges. What other challenges do you face? Um, it's it's um, uh, it, it's 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 a good question, and some you know some of them are just natural to any company that is in the high-tech industry and, and that is in the high growth cycle industry. So obviously everything from uh, infrastructure demands, I mean, I, I, I don't know if uh, a lot of people are aware, but you know, despite being in the virtual world, a lot of what we do to enable our operations is actually, you know, heavy duty engineering stuff and, and uh, nuts and bolts in, in the real world. So we build data centers, um, we build uh, uh, industrial grade uh, electricity lines into those data centers. We, we run those operations 24 by seven. We have staff on site. Uh, 24 by 7 sometimes in places where you know the only way to get there is is through uh, uh, is, is, is through heavy duty four by four vehicles or or you know helicopters or definitely off the beaten path let's let's put it that way so it's it's not you know we're not we're not renting space in in the middle of a of a city in the in storefront somewhere where we're usually building out in out in the boonies where you know we we try to locate for a variety of reasons um but uh you know construction uh is is a challenge uh despite being in a very fast moving industry um we uh uh, some of the stuff that we have to do is 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 decidedly old school. So, for instance, we want to move quickly, right? We want to get equipment in. We want to get it rack stacked and and mining. Uh, but before we do that, we have to build a data center, and we have to go through the building permitting process. We have to go through studies, and and those things take take a while. They the the, the people that they get involved with uh, with those activities, you know, they're 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 evolving from a hundred years ago. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, one of the challenges is, is just, uh, uh, it's just these different worldviews. I don't want to say colliding, but they're, they're oftentimes it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting to, to see those conversations about, you know, people from the digital age, uh, trying to work with people from, 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 uh, 
you know, that are that are on the ground um, building construction sites, for instance, or vice versa. Um, so that's that's one of the challenges uh, that that specifically for us, I think, uh, is is always ongoing. Um, the industry evolves quickly. I, I this is this is something that we always have to keep in mind. New equipment is coming out. Um, the logistical component around around uh, uh, equipment deliveries and equipment sourcing is always uh, is always an issue, uh, especially with the COVID disruptions, with uh, the regulatory stance in China uh, around uh, Bitcoin in general, Bitcoin mining specifically, equipment deliveries, uh, logistical challenges after um, after COVID and all of the supply chain disruptions that impacts us very much directly as well because we we have a large volume of equipment um going back and forth um around the the various sites uh the regulatory uncertainty you know we we talked about but uh that the the challenge is is uh uh beyond what we what we discussed is also you know just keeping your eye out in the in the year to the ground in 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 the multiple jurisdictions where we are, so we we talked about the U.S. specifically, but we have sites in in uh, in different countries around the world, and and they're very different in terms of regulatory approach, in terms of uh, uh, crypto uh, adoption in general, in terms of ha- how much of a hands off or hands on approach they have. To businesses, to crypto space, to to uh, large electricity consumers, so that is a, a challenge for us as a uh, as as a business in the space we're in is is just making sure that we are up to speed constantly every day on things happening in the markets um, that uh, that we operate in, and that that's something that takes focus and resources and and obviously. Um, uh, share of mind. So those those are those are some of the, some of the challenges that we face. But I mean, in addition to that, I can I can I can say seventy uh, percent is 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 universal across the board. We're always looking for smart people to to bring in, and because of the uh, high specificity of. Uh, uh, of what we do, so bit, you know, mining equipment is is a very specific skill set, and there's not that many people out in the labor pools uh, out there that know how to do it. So mm, the way that you work with that is is you have to build an internal training capability that is able to take smart people uh, in and then uh, equip them with the right skill set uh, from a technical standpoint uh, to uh, uh, to put them onto the the production line, so to speak. So that's that's something that you know I, is is not necessarily unique to to mining, but it is unique to technology companies that work in in uh, in specific industries. So, for instance, you know, getting a, somebody that knows how to work with with Microsoft products is is, is easy going. Getting somebody on on uh, uh, on your team that knows how to disassemble a Bitcoin miner, figure out what's what's going on. 
um, replace uh, components that uh, that may have failed and, and put it back on the rack. That's a more difficult challenge, and and that's you know, and a constant struggle for us is to find the right people, get them trained up, get them uh, situated where they can start uh, contributing. So that's that's just a a selection of of things that we focus on on a daily basis, pretty much. Very interesting. Specifically, I wanted to follow up on the electricity issue because um, we've recently read that uh, Microsoft is planning nuclear-powered underground uh, or underwater data centers, and and of course we know about the the plan for vo- volcano-powered uh, Bitcoin mining. <laughs> um, can you can you tell us some uh, you know more exotic locations that 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 you're mining at, like at uh, you know, where do you get, uh, you know, those type of amounts of power that you need, like a helicopter to get to and stuff like that? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, w- w- without going too much into detail, because because there's uh, obviously other considerations there. But um, it's it's uh, it's it's the, it's it's similar in, in the way that you approach most of the things in, in business and technology. So if you have a need, in, in our case, that's the need for electricity, you go around looking for locations that have uh, excess capacity that might that may want to um, uh, offload that uh, to, uh, to companies doing Bitcoin mining. So, you know, the, the, the places that have excess capacity are uh, in Canada, there's, there's a lot of hydro, um, capacity up north um, in with provincial governments that that have been built on you know some of the great natural resources that that exist in Canada, um, and uh, uh, that's uh, uh, there's a fair bit of, of Bitcoin mining locations there. Um, same with uh, Norway has got uh, has got hydro capacity also, and oftentimes not oftentimes, but uh, fairly frequently you 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 end up in, you find a situation where there's there's uh, production capacity that was built um, to uh, take care of the electricity needs of a particular area, usually up higher higher up uh, up north, uh, that's not connected to the country's power grid. So. They, they, you end up finding situations where, even if they're overproducing, if they have overcapacity, um, they can't put that electricity back into the um, into the country's electrical grid. So uh, that's a perfect sort of application that, for instance, we try to to look for because it it fulfills many of the environmental concerns and requirements that uh, that people have around around Bitcoin and that we honestly share. So for us. Obviously, both from in, in terms of our values, uh, uh, from an environmental standpoint, environmental impact standpoint, as well as the fact that we're trying to build a long-term business, and that's that's a that's a set goal and the set value of, of of the team is we want to be doing this for the long term. We we want to be here for Bitcoin adoption, uh, mass adoption. We want to contribute to that. We want to contribute to the industry. So we recognize that in order to do that, we have to be building for the long term because it's 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 a you know it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, 
And in order to do that from a business standpoint, you have to sort of look around the corner and find situations that are sustainable. So it's very easy for if, if you're, you know, if you're in Bitcoin mining, it's very easy to go around play different places in the world and, and find, you know, some some sort of opportunities that may offer very cheap electricity today, but you don't have any certainty if it's going to be around for the you know six months or 12 months or two years from now. And we would per- consciously make an effort to avoid those types of situations. So we want to, um, we want to look for uh, opportunities where, like, as I described, for instance, we have uh, uh, that, that, that case uh, comes from Norway where there's capacity built uh, in the north of the country that's not connected into the main grid. So for them, you know, they're, they're overproducing and we're there to pick up the slack and that's, that works very well for everybody. Um, it's, uh, it's a sustainable resource. It's a sustainable resource on hydro and, uh, the, the, the electricity is, is, uh, something that, uh, is not needed at this point and, and it works perfectly with, with our computing needs. So that's, um, uh, that's an example. Um, there are other examples, for instance, um, uh, I think, uh, uh an interesting case is uh is in the uae for instance where in abu dhabi there is a uh a nuclear power plant that's that's being built um that will have capacity coming in that exceeds right now the demand um that uh that uae has and uh there's uh, uh there's the, the country's electricity regulator recognizes a they will have excess capacity and b so if if we do let's put that to good use and they're and they're uh, looking for how to do that in a smart way uh, so that that is a that is a case where again there's over, there's overcapacity in terms of production and um, uh, the people looking after it are looking to bring in for instance uh, but, but bring in uh, Bitcoin mining uh, skill sets so that they could put that over capacity to, to good use until such time as the country grows enough where that, that additional capacity is needed. So if, you, if you're in this market uh, and you're looking into those, those uh, situ- looking for those situations, they always come up because the world is big enough and, and there's a lot of moving pieces. And, uh, um, you know, if, if you have your uh, ear out uh, to, uh, to be aware of what's going on, firstly, and then secondly, if you have flexibility in terms of how you can take advantage of those opportunities. So a lot of, you know, maybe a lot is not the right word to say, but oftentimes we see people going in and, and they sort of try to start the conversation, uh, but they go in in a very rigid way and say, well, this is what we want to do and this is how much we want to pay and, uh, you know, and, and take it or leave it almost uh, type of thing. And, and uh, oftentimes that's, that, that, that doesn't lead to a productive outcome uh, for that discussion. But I think in, in, in our case, uh, you know, some, sometimes you have to, uh, be extremely flexible to, to figure out the right 
sort of structure to to go into those projects. Sometimes you have to be clear that you know what what what, what local partners are looking for is not necessarily you know what, what what would work well for you, and you have to walk away from those opportunities. But but you have to do that with a, a clear understanding of sort of the math and, and the economics behind it. And uh, you know if, if if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Um, but I think there's enough opportunities out there um, that uh, it, it's it's not as big of a challenge, for instance, as as I initially thought it would be. So that's again, I'm I'm, tr- I'm trying to 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 balance between uh, between uh, uh, factual answers and 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 staying away from from maybe just uh, talking about too much detail that. Uh, that my operational and security people wouldn't want me to uh, to talk about. For sure, yeah, no, it's it's very interesting uh, to hear. You know, even what you could share because um, I think it's a point that's often overlooked, especially in in uh, you know the general media, that the Bitcoin uh, mining really helps with uh, you know developing sustainable uh, models for for energy. You know, uh, such as uh, geothermal and 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 hydro and uh, even nuclear, right? For um, you know, for for a greener future, I, w- I would I would say because that's yeah. that's over and over, over overlooked. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, that's that's a good, great point you're making. Um, I think so a, a lot of it is is sort of people get used to the narrative of uh, you know. Bitcoin, a lot of electricity, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, sort of uh, non-critical electricity usage that could be could be used for other uh, other means, and and I think that type of set narrative is is uh, is is missing a lot of the a lot of the nuance. I mean, you know, at, at this point, we actually have electricity providers proactively uh, reaching out to us and saying, hey, we want you guys to come in because um, we want you to help manage our energy load because obviously, you know, electricity production, you can't, you can't scale it up and scale it down easily, you know, turn, turn on the switch today and turn off the switch uh, tomorrow to manage the load, the load demand. So uh, electricity providers around the world have actually figured, it, figured this out um maybe a couple of years back and and we've been fielding these these uh conversations uh uh fairly constantly of of people saying hey can you guys put a, put some equipment in so that we can dump some load on you if we have to you know we'll we'll cut your load if if for whatever reason our sort of uh, consumer demand um goes up and and for instance as, as tends to happen in, in during the summer when people are running more uh air conditioning so we'll we'll ask you guys to power down your equipment but then you know we'll we'll power it back up during the night for instance or or uh during the once the hot season passes so that we don't we have more flexibility in terms of how we manage the the electricity generation and, and the electricity load and you're absolutely right that's a that's a uh, that's become a fairly common tool for how um, electricity providers and electricity uh, uh, management authorities 
have started to manage uh, their their uh, their networks, and we tend to fit in quite neatly into into that approach. Another topic uh, we wanted to cover is the GMT token. If you can tell us more about the tokenomics and um, you know what what sets it apart from from other uh, token offers for uh, you know uh, anyone that's interested out there. Right. So that's <laughs> a it's, it's it's a long question. Uh, usually, let me try to be uh, to be brief. Um, Going back to, I mentioned this in the beginning, where you know I, I came on board with with the tokens introduction, because the the how the how the whole concept came about is is basically you know go mining, built a Bitcoin mining operation. We've got data centers running around the world. We we the way we think about it is is basically. You know, if if you believe in Bitcoin, um, and when I say believe in Bitcoin, you 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 think that Bitcoin is here to stay and it will grow in value uh, in future time, then uh, you basically have two choices of how to participate in that growth. You can uh, do what's called a buy and hold. So buy Bitcoin today and hold it for. You know, and, and, and until it gains value, and you're ready to uh, to sell it. And the other option is is to mine Bitcoin. And this is you know <laughs> this is unique to Bitcoin as an asset class because <laughs> uh, no other asset class uh, basically gives you the the, the ability to, to to mine it uh, or to create it. And uh, traditionally, historically, the ROI, so the the, the payback on your investment amount, has been um much better on the on on the, the the mining approach than on the buy and hold approach so if you know if, if we go back five six seven years and we take a hundred dollars and we invest it in, in in mining you would have a higher rate of return than you than you would if you invested it into just basically buying and holding bitcoin so you know three years in uh go mining is 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 successful in uh in running the mining operation and the founding team is basically saying sitting around saying well this is great for us uh but this promise of sort of bitcoin making you know being accessible to everybody is at this point non-existent because to mine Bitcoin, you basically have to have a very extensive, very specialized technical skill set, plus millions and millions and millions of dollars in capital, so that you can put the infrastructure together, and then you can, you know, take advantage of, of mining. So, and and they basically said, can we figure out a way to make it accessible to uh, everyday people? And when I say everyday people, I mean people that don't do Bitcoin mining. Uh, Twelve hours a day, each and every day, uh, that have other 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 lives and other interests, and um, so that was the original idea behind behind Go Mining Token. Uh, is you know can can we make a token that basically people can buy, and that would give them a proportionate share, so like a tokenized share basically of mining equipment. So based on that share, every day the 
mining rewards generated by that mining capacity would be basically uh, sent to their Bitcoin wallets. And uh, you know, every 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 morning you you wake up with uh, with a nice push notification from your uh, from your Bitcoin wallet that makes your your morning that much that much better. Um, and um, so that was the original idea. And th- that was that was developed in late 2020. In May 21, uh, version one of uh, of Go Mining Token was was introduced. And uh, uh, you know, as is typical with any startup, it was basically an MVP prototype. So, can we put something together that we can put out in the market that we can use to judge whether you know? Our hypothesis is correct, and there's demand for it, or whether we're completely off and nobody wants this thing around. And so the, the, that question was answered fairly quickly for us. Uh, in, in that, yes, this is something that that uh, that generated a lot of interest. Firstly, uh, and 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 so the basic premise is sound, but uh, there were also a, a number of of learnings or feedbacks that that we. Uh, over the next year and a half, we, we basically compiled in conversations with, with our community in terms of our own thinking of, of how to build a sustainable business um, around this. And uh, so in August of this year, version two of, uh, of, of the token came out uh with with those changes and with those adjustments so you know one of the things that that we we recognized is you know because when we were putting the mvp together and we were so focused on making it easy for people to come in and come out um we've always made it we've almost made it too easy uh so our business is is the long-term business and we mentioned this we build data centers we build equipment all of that takes you know six to 12 months to uh uh to design and build and 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 so on and when people buy the token we use that capital to to put it into sort of growing the business but then if it's very easy to come in and, and it's very easy to come out that that doesn't allow us to take that capital and deploy it into building a new data center that that may take you know 12 months to to come online so uh one of the things that we wanted to address in version two is is basically say okay this is a long-term uh project that we want to um make available for people that want to sort of travel this road with us in the in the long-term scenario so we've introduced a staking function that basically uh, uh, provides uh, additional incentives for people to to stake their their GMT to, their go mining tokens uh, for you know anywhere from six to four years, and based on the length of, of the staking period, that sort of ratchets up the multiple in terms of rewards that that people get. But the basic premise stays the same: is you you buy the go mining token, and based on that, you're able to you know, enter into our ecosystem where uh, you can generate Bitcoin mining rewards based on uh, uh, based on your ownership of, of Go mining tokens. It's 
difficult to sort of talk about the tokenomics because you know it's 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 math <laughs> and, and multiplications and so on. So uh, I think that's that's the basic idea, and, and and I just want to get that across to get people interested. And and uh, if you want to learn more, uh, please uh, please go to gomining.io uh, and uh, look through sort of our white papers that describe the way that the the reward system works. Um, there's a lot of information around um, the various features of of, uh, of the ecosystem, uh, how much mining capacity we have, how we make sure that we're fully transparent in terms of, you know, what how the ownership of the Go Mining token ties into actual physical infrastructure, the physical miners uh, that mine Bitcoin, and how we calculate the Bitcoin that's mined, and how we then uh, you know, send out the rewards, etc. So, uh, and obviously, our social media channels are are, are on there, and uh, uh, you know, we encourage you to uh, to engage with us in any any form that's convenient for you, and ask questions. And we have a, a vibrant uh, uh, and vocal uh, user community uh, that that's been on this journey with us for uh, you know, going on third year now. And uh, it's 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 great. Wonderful, and we'll have all those uh, links in the in the description to, uh, under this podcast for anyone that wants to to learn more about the mathematical details of how everything works. So, Mark, um, for our final question, can you tell us more about the future plans for Go Mining, and what else are you planning right now? Mm-hmm. Great question. Um, we we so so we have strategic plans and, and, and sort of tactical plans. I think strategically, um, again, because we we believe long term in uh, in Bitcoin, uh, we believe that Bitcoin in the future will be worth worth more than than it is today, and we want to be part of the infrastructure. A, we want to be part of that infrastructure. B, we want to help to bring about mass adoption. So those are sort of our, our strategic goals and, and, and what we define our mission to be. And uh, uh, to us, the, the Go Mining token and, and making sort of my rewards participation, mining rewards participation accessible to uh, everyday people is, uh, is a part of our contribution into it. And B, we recognize that uh, the industry will evolve. Uh, Ten years ago, nobody knew that uh, nobody could have predicted that today the industry will look the way the way that, that it looks today. Nobody could have predicted that uh, you know the, the the hash rate within the network would be what it is. That you know there'd be billions and tens of billions of dollars in equipment deployed to maintain that hash rate, et cetera, et cetera. So. Um, that's that's also sort of part of the way that we look at the future is is uh, uh, it's going to be very dynamic and we want to be in a position to to sort of uh, play a larger and larger share in in terms of shaping that future and and uh, and helping to uh, helping to bring it about. Um, I think in terms of immediate plans, um, 
from a product perspective, we we I mentioned that uh, it took us a year and a half to go from version one to version two, and version two just of, of the token, and the, and version two just came out in August. So for the next you know six to twelve months, realistically, we're basically in the, in the learning and feedback stage. We've we've put um, a number of hypotheses into the product um, as it stands today. Uh, we want to. Um, see how they play out in the market. We want to see how people uh, find novel ways to use it uh, in ways that we haven't uh, identified uh, ourselves. Uh, and so we'll be working on basically, you know, maybe putting version one, the 2.1, 2.2 out on over the next uh, six to nine months. But longer term, I think uh, two things are going to happen in 24 that are big unknowns for us right now. First of all, we mentioned briefly the ETF, and I think that that will impact everything that has to do, the ETFs, uh, that will impact everything that has to do with Bitcoin. And that 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 should be uh, a large infusion of capital that's going to come in and uh, it's going to have an impact. And Predicting what that impact is, is is challenging. Obviously, nobody can predict the future, can make reasonable assumptions, but it definitely it will be an impactful event. Secondly, is obviously the halving of, uh, uh, that's going to take place. Uh, and uh, uh, as, as we've seen previously, um, each time the halving happens is... Uh, uh basically the mining industry realigns because the the economic obviously the economic incentives the math around the, the business models and so on gets gets uh uh get, get gets realigned gets a jolt gets you know everything gets thrown up and we have to see where everything lands uh so that that is obviously the, the the other big impactful event that that is uh, coming down the pike so we we want to see how those two things impact the 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 universe the bitcoin universe and and how they impact the, the community and the demand for our products and and uh, and what we do and basically you know it's it's uh, the the way we talk about it is it's basically it's a storm coming we know that it's coming we obviously we think we feel that we're in a very good position to to um, go through it, and and that's that's our intent and purpose. And uh, you know, on the other side, there's there's going to be a lot of interesting opportunities, and and we want to be uh, uh, in a very good position to take advantage of them, both from a, from from a capital ready perspective, uh, as well as from a revenue generating perspective, as well as from a a, a product, a right product at the right time in the right market perspective. Um, so it's it's uh, you know this is uh, it's going to be a very interesting year next year. Yeah, I think a lot of us are uh, waiting for that. You know, for without uh, you know giving any any financial advice here, it's it's going to be a, a like a watershed moment. I think. Um, for sure, for sure, yeah. And so, and actually, two two combined into into one, <laughs> two at the same time. I should, I guess. So that yeah. that that that'll multiply the effect, obviously. For sure. So I want to thank you very much, Mark, again for taking the time and uh, joining us. 
I think uh, we've we've learned a lot today. And um, anyone that's listening that wants to uh, deep, di- you know, dive deeper in, in, into the 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 tokenomics and and uh, the technical details of uh, how go mining works, we're gonna have the all the links uh, in the description below. And um, thank you again, Mark. Thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for the for the questions. Our pleasure. And thank you for listening to the Bitcoin.com News Podcast. Follow us for more interviews with the most interesting leaders, founders, and investors in the fields of cryptocurrency, decentralized finance, NFTs, and the metaverse.